Okay. How are you doing today? Okay, I'm doing okay. Thank you. <laughs> so, you made a you made her comeback. <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> what inspired you to go back to work on the screen? Well, uh, my agent, uh, Jackie Sander, uh, brought this project to my attention. I, I do next to nothing in it. I worked on it a whole day. So it's not a, it's not a comeback. <laughs> but um, the reason I, once she told me what, what it was about, mm. uh, the basic subject matter of the film, that, you know, it's about Alzheimer's, and um, that Olympia Dukakis was involved. I'd met Olympia. I, I, I met Olympia when she first here was in Los Angeles, and she got her Oscar for, for Moonstruck. Right. So I got to I got to meet her then, and I, I'm a huge fan of hers, and I liked her personally as well. So those two aspects, you know, the, I I liked what the film was about, and the fact that Olympia was involved was enough to make me think. Yes, I think I I'd like to spend a day on this. <laughs> <laughs> Has it actually been 25 years since you got on camera? I, I I don't keep track of that time at all. I have, but probably was twenty five years. Yeah. Did you stop for a reason? Did you choose to? No, I, I never uh, stopped. I don't think of it that way. The things just develop or don't, and other things take over, and you're involved in other things in the course of time. Uh, so I I've never stopped and I've never thought of it as stopping. I'm not as active, God knows, as I used to be. But but I think that happens with time with just about everybody as well. It's just kind of what, what happens. Um, but uh, uh, for me, I never thought of stopping. It's just that other things uh, of interest uh, took over. I, I, I have a... Uh, I have a line of sterling silver jewelry, and I've been doing that for about 20 years. And so that became a full-time uh, hobby to begin with, and then more than a hobby. So that kind of took my time in, in ways that I didn't expect, you know, flying to uh, uh, Japan and different places, working with uh, distributors downtown. And there's, there's a lot to do, that I and I knew nothing about it until I was involved, uh, to getting jewelry going if you can <laughs> right so you've been having a life i'm sorry you've been having a life aside from acting exactly yeah life life goes on of course thank god yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i don't think i realized until i was looking on your for your information that had you would really you were a kid actor you were you started early yeah uh, well my i my, the first thing i was studied uh because that's the only I think I found and it was there. Uh, I had no uh, background to let me know that, you know, I should uh, study acting, dancing, singing, anything. But um, when I was in high school, the girl I was in school with learned about a wonderful ballet school here in town in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. and, and she told me, uh, Leslie Caron and said Cherise take class there. Well, that's all I had to hear. And so I took the train down one day from Long Beach. We lived there, uh -huh. and I watched. I watched a professional class. Nobody famous in class, but that was that. I didn't that. I then and there I knew what I wanted to do, huh. uh, and so I got a job working at the May Company as an office boy in the advertising department during the day, and then I started taking class at night, and then things sort of go on from there. But I, it was a lovely. Um, I, I'm I'm glad that somebody 
uh, pointed me in the direction of this school, a great school, and uh, uh, and dancing. You, know, you have to really dancers are such disciplined people. You have to be really disciplined to work as a dancer. Anyway, but I love dancing. I always did. Uh, Remember so, what made, was magical for you in that moment that made you go, "Oh, this is where I belong." This this is what? Sorry. This is where I belong. Was there something that happened in that moment that you kind of well, felt it? Uh, it, it just. Yeah, just uh, seeing people in a, in a class. I'd never seen a class before. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I guess I do think this is where I belong because that's I really made a very clear and uh, strong decision to this is what I want to do. Uh, and um, so I guess part of that, to finish half of that sentence, could be, yes, this is where I belong. And I did, I, I guess I, I never thought of it that way. Thank you for the question. But yeah, the, this, it was where I belonged. It really was where I belonged, yeah. And that, that's, I guess that's what made it better than it might've been otherwise. Yeah. So you were, so you came up at that point when you started doing movies, that was part of the studio system still, right? Well, uh, I, 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 I was in movies basically as a chorus dancer in some of the different movie musicals. Uh, so I wasn't involved in the the studio system at all because I was just a freelance uh, person trying, you know, auditioning and maybe getting selected or not. But uh, in 1955, Paramount signed me to a seven-year contract, and I was there for a whole year. It was a great year. So I, that was close. That was the closest I ever got to the quote-unquote studio system. The difference with Paramount was, you know, uh, at at uh, at Universal and at Fox and so on. They used their contract players in movies now and again. Paramount basically didn't because it was an independent uh, producer's studio. So, and they were not obligated to use any of the, the kids under contract. Uh, but, but they did have kids under contract. It was great. It was a really lovely time. Um, I loved, be, you know, being under contract for a year for at Paramount just felt so good, you know, because right. I was more than just a chorus dancer, at least for a little while, you know. Were you were you dancing in theater as well, or were you pretty much a film person at that point? No, I was. I didn't get involved. I didn't even. They didn't even think or know that theater existed uh, because it wasn't in my background growing up. No one, no one was in the theater. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I so um, I I didn't get involved in theater uh, until 1958 when I flew to New York, thinking, well, no, there's not much going on in Los Angeles anymore, go to New York. I, I did, and uh, that's when I got to um, serendipitously, if that's the right word, uh, audition for Jerry Robbins for the London Company of West Side Story. And once I was hired to play riff in that company, that was theater, and uh, theater in, in England, which is like a real theater place, you know? Uh, so it was, uh, and it was wonderful to, to be introduced and to work in the theater. Working in the theater is fantastic. Mm. Yeah. And it must have been amazing to go to London at that point in your life. It 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 was that, that you know that that the the sixties, especially um, after that, of course, was a really really a hot time. I, I mean, I can see it now and recognize what, what a special time it was in even in English theater. Mm -hmm. The Royal Court Theater was, was a really big deal. Um, uh, oh God, uh, the, the, the the two really big, big uh, young 
uh, actors that were coming up, but they weren't stars, it were Peter O'Toole and uh, who was on Two for the Road with uh, Audrey Hepburn? Yeah, Albert, those two were, they were the two, you, you couldn't go to a, a party at somebody's house after dinner and, or, or after the show and not see them or hear about them. And everybody was mingling with everybody. And, but, but the Royal Court Theater in Sloan Square was a really uh, important place uh, for theater. A lot of everybody in the theater wanted to be in that theater and they often were. Um, Albert Finney was doing a, a thing called The Lily White Boys with Shirley Ann Field at the Royal Court Theater. And it was directed by Lindsay Anderson. And Lin Lindsay Anderson, because I was in a, a musical, he uh, asked me if I would choreograph that show. Well, of course, I, I was flattered by that, but I, I thought, no, I'm the, I, I have not enough experience to do that for you. I'll, I'll, I won't work. But, but my point is that's that was the flavor, that was the way things were going on, and people took chances and it, it, very creative, uh, really great time. You actually, I mean, even before West Side Story, kind of made a transition to acting, kind of, not just being a dancer, yeah. Yeah, well, I did a, 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 a small part in a little, and I can't remember the name of it because I've ever seen it. I just know <laughs> that I did something, uh, and I don't remember how that happened either. But uh, but but I had had no uh, training or anything uh, as a, as as an actor. Um, uh, my my real training started with Jerry Robinson working for him in rehearse because he worked very much in a standard, even in the dance world, in a Stanislavski kind of way. They always on, everything was based on character. Um, but, uh, all right. Um, so, so my real introduction to acting and working as an actor really was in when I played with him, the, the London Company of Westside. And then you really, once you, did the movie, you really never danced in a movie again, did you? <laughs> oh, well, that, yeah, yeah. Well, because my dance, well, yes, I, I did one. Uh, um, the Young Girls of Rochefort, wow. with, with, with uh, Jacques Demy movie, Jean Kelly was in it, Catherine Deneuve and her gorgeous sister, Francois Doria. I mean, that was a, such a nice time. So that, yeah, that was the only other time I danced in a movie. I did to dance on some television guest things, you know, yeah. but, but otherwise, you know, that, that's right. There were no other uh, movies that, uh, that used me as, as a dancer. I was starting with. It? Well, um, yes. Uh, you, um, the, you know, Leslie Kahn did that movie called Lily. Right. And, and Lily was, uh, uh, that story was taken and was done as a, uh, a Broadway musical called Carnival, I think Carnival. it was called. Yeah. Yes, and and then and it was very successful with Anna Maria Albogadi and and uh, and then and I Metro did it in was, high school, huh? And I performed it in high school. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, well, well there you Metro, go. Metro was planning to make it as a as a feature film, uh -huh. uh, and I was I I was approached. Uh, and they said you can play uh, the puppeteer or the magician, you know, whichever you want. But yeah. it never happened. They never did it. So I never, I never had the the lovely experience of doing. To me, the epitome of movie musicals was pretty much MGM, you know. Right. Uh, and so I, I never got the thrill of uh, being able to to do that. So as you made this transition to being an actor and primarily working as an actor, not as a dancer or singer, 
Yeah. Did, did you, was that a, a choice? Was it something you're like, were you excited? Did you become excited about acting the same way you became excited about dancing or? Yeah, I, I did become excited about acting. I didn't stop to think I'm acting, singing. I didn't right. think that way. I just thought, I always thought when I saw movies as a kid, I thought everybody did everything anyway, you know. Um, but um, uh, yes, I, 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 and also after West Side, um, mm. uh, I mean, that really changed everything for me and in a, a, in a wonderful way. Um, listen, I, I don't, the, the, my billing on West Side Story is much less than, for example, Rita and Russ, because I was just, I didn't care. I'm, I, I was happy to be there. I didn't care what my billing was, you know. Um, but um, my point is that after the mirrors cut, before we finished filming West Side Story, mm -hmm. the, the mirrors company who produced it with United Artists uh, signed me to, uh, I think it was a five picture deal. <laughs> yeah. And I just knew that sounded good. I didn't really know what that meant, you know. But um, my point is that, and but I was suddenly, in another place, you know, right. uh, I was being I was being billed above the title with Richard Ridmark and Yuba. I mean, come on, you know. And before that, I was didn't you know? But but so it was really it was incredibly lucky, just lucky. Was it surreal to get an Oscar at twenty seven or twenty eight? Uh, well, I don't know. If it, was, it probably was surreal, but I just remember uh, uh, that word wouldn't have crossed my mind at the time. Uh, I just knew it was uh, something wonderful had happened. <laughs> uh, and uh, the way I describe what maybe what it can feel uh, to win an Oscar or anything is uh, if, if you buy a lottery ticket, you absolutely do not expect to win. Right. But you think, you just think, well, you might. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that, you know, Rita and I attended the awards that evening. We both gave really, really short speeches. Um, but uh, it was it was it was such a lovely time. Mm. I didn't stop to think of the realities of anything. It was just it was just a wave of beauty, you know. So when you were making the movie, did you realize it was something that was going to be something people would be asking you about fifty years later? Well, I don't know about fifty years later, but I I do remember we we loved all of us loved what we were doing so much we we first of all we i think we felt that it may, may not have been a conscious or a, a, an actual statement but i think we all felt we were working on something of quality something that was really good and we were um and uh, so but I, I remember one day uh during the break uh standing outside the uh, the sound stage in, in the alley there were a couple of us just chatting with each other and there are two gentlemen i guess from the from the front office that both nicely dressed in suits and what one of them said was um i, I don't i don't think we'll have um an art i'm sorry a commercial as you know we might not have an uh commercial success but we think we might have an artistic success mm -hmm. so and, and you know, and the word was kind of out. People from other studios and other sets were coming to visit our set. I remember Angie Dickinson came by one night. I think she was doing Rio Bravo with those great legs. I mean, she was so beautiful and so nice. But my point is, it was like a magnet. People, people were were hurt, learning about. I says the magnet this thing was, you know. Um, 
and it was it was it was it was just highly exciting even if you didn't think about it you know mm. is it strange i mean i don't know if you're even conscious of how of the polit political conversations around the movie that have developed yeah. over the years yeah it, it, do you concern yourself with this or do you kind of just remember it as part of the past and not really linger in all of that well stuff? I, I, I think the political thing is is worth paying attention to, uh, and uh, and as people are, uh, uh, but uh, everything is of its time. Uh, people are speaking politically about everything now. In Turner Classic Movies, they talk about blacks and film, and uh, so they go that way. Uh, women in film, and just how how things were not done correctly. So so people think over time. Um, but uh, for for me, the political discussion, I'll say, uh, that, that uh, has come to the fore, so to speak, because of Steven Spielberg. Right. Uh, and, and he's, uh, uh, and, and, and listen, we all, I, I've not seen it yet, but I've heard about it already. And I, it's obviously, it's fantastic, you know, just what we would have thought he would do. Because, and I'm sure you know, and he probably had every intention of doing, you know. Right. But he he's a great filmmaker, and I haven't seen it, but I'm looking forward to seeing. It. And I, I know I'm going to love what I see because it's a great piece, yeah. and you can't really ruin it, you know. You you can make it wonderful, but you can't ruin it. And and uh, uh, but the political part of it, uh, you know, ever okay. Okay, I have I have to be careful here because I don't want to say anything that sounds sour grapes or wrong from me because I don't mean it that way at all. But uh, I know uh, making uh, the movie, Rita Moreno has said, and she has said it in her book and, and in public, well, she wasn't happy with the makeup. Mm -hmm. At the same time in her book, she supported Ricans, uh, the, the, the range of color between Puerto Rican goes from white to red to black. So that means anywhere in that uh, prism, any color is okay, you know, yeah. if you say that that's what we are. Uh, uh, so, and uh, in terms of uh, my understanding, uh, yes, Spielberg evidently, uh, for all the sharks, cast Hispanic people. Mm -hmm. And that's fine, of course. Why not? First of all, they're, everybody's here today. They're all available and everybody... And, and and so those people are available, uh, but it's not just that. Um, um, but but Stephen, I may not have this right, but I think I do. And Schindler's okay, because I think Steven Spielberg said in something I read a long time ago before he ever made the film that he didn't want to create the same mistakes that the original West Side had made. And I I wondered what he meant by mistakes. I didn't know. But in Schindler's list, the two main characters, Jewish characters, are not played by Jewish actors. Right. It's, it's the same story, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, so he's guilty, if, that's, if I'm correct in that, as anybody in, with, with time. He, he wouldn't do it now. And, and, and um, my understanding, too, is uh, that uh, he, he has all Hispanic people from different Hispanic backgrounds, yeah. but, but not a single Puerto Rican. But who cares? What difference does it make? Going back to all that, the, firstly, actually, did you have any urge to play Riff instead of Bernardo in the, the movie? 
or did no, you have to, was no, I, upgrade? I played riff in the theater in London. Right. Yeah. So, so when they said uh, we want you to play Bernardo and not riff, was that a surprise? Can't say it was a surprise, but I remember thinking, you know, when you're 24 or something, you're thinking, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I thought, I, I don't want to play Bernard. I want to play Riff because I loved playing Riff. It was wonderful. Um, but uh, but that ultimately is not what happened. And I was I so I, I stopped I stopped thinking of that at all and just went with the the roles, so to speak, right. uh, and did what uh, what what I was asked to do. And uh, and that I mean clearly you no. Know, if, if I did test for Riff and Bernardo on film, huh. I did both of those. And then uh, some weeks later, uh, I got a call. Uh, I was back on the show and uh, Jerry called. He said, we liked your test, but we'd like to test you further. He didn't say what way. And he asked me if I could get a leave of absence for a week to fly to L.A. and do a test. And I said, of course, and the theater was nice enough to let me go for a week. And I met Bob Wise for the first time. And uh, I did a test as Bernardo with a wonderful girl called Barbara Luna, who was a hot contender for the role of Anita. Mm. Jerry directed the test. So I was home for a week and I got to do all of that. And it was great. And then I went back into the show in London again. It was also, it was just great to be in the theater again. So, yeah. uh, uh, and and when I was cast as, as Bernardo, I, 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 I didn't stop to think, anything except uh, how lucky I was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems to me like you, I mean, obviously you've been playing these roles that you, that part of being an actor is honoring the person you're playing and having a great deal of, re and you know, bringing them to life in a loving way. Well, of course. And, and by the way, um, this thing of uh, typecasting, because right. that's talked about, um, I, I think there's not a single actor who hasn't had to some degree been typecast. Um, because if somebody, you remember Richard Widmark, a wonderful actor. Well, he was typecast because his first big impression in film was playing a bad guy. Mm -hmm. And so when people think of somebody fill that part, they say, well, let's get Richard Widmark. So he, at some period, was typecast for a bit of time. In it. But that's typical because once somebody sees you play a certain role, that's the way they start to think of you. So quote unquote typecasting can take place that way. And I think I think almost everybody has to deal with that uh, in some way as well. Well, did you have to deal with it? Cause it does seem like your roles were, you know, you were a young man. It seems like yeah. they were looking for a handsome young man as much as anything else. Well, uh, well uh, in, um, yes, I, I, I was, let's say the, the first movie after, let's say I did, uh, the movie uh, I did a movie called Diamond Head, mm -hmm. in which I play he, uh, the character I played was half white and half Hawaiian. So I'm huh. as still I'm still a man of color. You know, right. I didn't mind that at all. And that, who cared? You know, right. but but uh, my point is, so I was yes, and I didn't think I was being typecast, but somehow I was. I, I didn't I didn't mind it. But I think that's another example how it happened to me too and that wasn't the on television very often with me I think for a while they got stuck with me being uh, Hispanic or something and anything associated with dancing a choreographer or a dancer if there's a role for a choreographer on a television show then they think of you that but that takes no imagination it takes no imagination to get there yeah yeah so did so did, <laughs> did the success of the role create an issue for you at all? Did that having, you know, 
you obviously a huge hit of a movie, but also an Oscar. Did people want to have you around for the wrong reasons or for, you know, like not well, give you roles that you might would have wanted because they were too small or? Not- well, uh, I, 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 I think people always like, uh, I know it now, but I didn't know it at the time, really. I, I guess being an Oscar winner is a, a real plus for someone to want to use someone or not. Um, and so clearly that was a help. Um, but uh, uh, but but I'm not a, I'm not an overly ambitious person who's trying to make things happen. I I uh, I, I went along with the things that were happening, and some were better than others. You know, of course, um, I've got I've got to do some some really nice things, you know, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not unhappy about anything that I've done. Well, there, there are a couple of things that make me kind of smile, you know, yeah. um, but um, I did a movie called, uh, and I loved doing it, and I did a movie with Lana Turner mm-hmm. called uh, The Big Cube, and, uh, and I, one, one, so there are two credits that I love to say that because they're fun. One was being, uh, uh, being in the chorus behind Marilyn Monroe, uh-huh. And, and I love being able to say that I made a movie with Lana Turner. I mean, come on, you know, these are pretty, pretty uh, lofty names. Uh, and she was great, by the way. Lana Turner was just, just wonderful. Gary is friendly, so professional. And she was, she was fantastic. Um, but, and, but, but it, it was a, you know, it's not a great movie, right. uh, but, but, but it was okay. It was okay. So you've been happy to be a working actor. That was really the aspiration you had. Yes, yeah, yes. Uh, 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 let's see. I'm trying to think of if uh, I ever turned something down. That I can't think of anything right now. But um, I almost turned. I did turn the cube, the big cube down a couple of times because of the writing, uh-huh. and then eventually they they kept they kept working on it, and they, they also came back with more money every time. So eventually, it made sense uh, to, right. to to do. And I was not unhappy doing it at all. I really liked working on it, um, but. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I was, I've never been, and, and I'm not proud of this, I've never been the sort of person who looked for projects to do because, oh, that project is, uh, is a character I love to play or it's about something that I'd love to talk about. Uh, I've, uh, I've never been that, I, I, maybe, I thought I, I, maybe I thought I was ever smart enough to be able to pull that off, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, w- once uh, in, in the course of the time I've been around, I, I had a personal manager who found a project uh, that I could, could have been really an interesting movie, and she found it. I didn't. And all I can remember about that, the, the, the main role was a, a young man who was, I think, was East Indian. So even that was a little <laughs> uh, typecasting, I guess. But it was a really interesting book and project. So if that had come to fruition, that probably would have been something... A, a piece of quality, but uh, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing around here for you. But but, uh, but uh, so I basically pretty much as it went where the work was most of the time, and because I wasn't unhappy with any of that, it was going nice places. So what's your what what's your idea of the best day on a set for you? Wow, the well. 
good material, no matter theater or film, if you have good material, that's going to give you a better day on the set. Character because, first, yes. Yeah. For you. Because that's, that, that's how you hopefully can ha enjoy what you're doing because you really like the, the writing. Right. And the writing, if it's good writing, that means hopefully that it can be more than that. Uh, but, but everybody has to start, and I think uh, starts with, with good writing. So a happy day on the set would be, uh, hopefully you're working on something that you like because it's well-written. And, and maybe you might have aspirations because it's well written, it might be received well and all of that. And then uh, uh, hopefully you're working with good people uh, and, and uh, a good director. Uh, that, that, uh, that to me would be a happy set because you're working hopefully on a, a good project that everybody believes in and you're working with people who are all, uh, all feel the same way. So how did not to forget work out for you? You, you went on to, to hang out with some people you really wanted to hang out with. Was it fun? <laughs> well, I worked on it a whole day, so I didn't get a chance to hang out with anybody. Uh, you know, there, uh, an agent that I worked with here sometimes in Los Angeles came up with that uh, project, and when she told me that, uh, it basically it was a story about Alzheimer's. And she told me some of the people, actors, actors involved. And when she told me one of them was Olympia Dukakis, mm -hmm. uh, I thought, I'd I, I'm a fan of Olympia Dukakis. So for me, for, to, and also because I hadn't done it for so long, I thought a day is maybe all I can handle right now. <laughs> I trust myself to learn lines. So so it was a, it was an, a, an easy decision, but uh, but I I basically respected what it was about because it was uh, an important topic and because Olympia was there. I, I'd been a fan of her. I remember when she was here in Los Angeles after she just won the Oscar for, for Moonstruck. That's when I first got to meet her. And, you know, she's Greek. I'm Greek. I mean, I don't know. There's, you feel like there's a connection, and there is. Uh, but I've, uh, not just in, in Moonstruck. I thought she was wonderful in everything she ever did. And... Uh, so those are my reasons for wanting to spend a day on, on this on this movie. So yeah. if somebody wants to coax you out again, what should they be doing? <laughs> Say that again. I'm sorry. If somebody wants to coax you out of the house, yeah. away from the silver jewelry. Yeah. Oh. What should they be doing? Oh, you know, I, I I've thought over the years, and and by the way, Rita Moreno says it in one of her interviews too. Um, I I'd love to play a character who takes care of people. Uh, a lawyer, a doctor, someone who is involved in helping people get, get, have a better life, because I feel that way in our lives anyway. We, we, we hope that things can improve for people in general. Uh, life is difficult. Uh, and so I would love to be to play a character who, who, uh, whose basic uh, uh, motive is caring for people uh, and taking care of people in in a serious uh, in a serious way. And do you think you'd um, want to do a, speaking of the word serious? I guess would you want to do a series again, or would you just want to do a movie or pick a well, number of days? Yeah, I guess I, I I'm not sure I'd have the energy for a series, but I, but I don't know. I, probably, I guess it all depends on how it, uh, how it's laid out, uh, how many right. days. Uh, but listen. Right now, for the longest, quite honestly, I 
I, I just let, the, I haven't thought about anything when, when not to forget came up with the, oh yes. Um, but that made me start to think, because I hadn't thought it, I was happy doing silver. Um, I thought it might be nice to get up and, and do this again, because I might care about it in a different way, in a better way, uh, and maybe be able to, to be better at it. So uh, that and that's a that's a, that's a real uh, pull. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Okay. So before we go, can I just get you to look at the camera yeah. on your computer? Because okay. I, I we're seeing mostly your forehead. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Can I change this? No, it's okay. We've got this. We survived. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. But I just want to <laughs> see you look at that face, that punum. Oh, so am I looking at the right now place you're looking now? at the camera yeah yeah okay I forget that okay it's okay I, okay can I get a so, can you can you give me a moment without your glasses yeah I just want to see that face uh, <laughs> after all these years <laughs> what does this guy look like <laughs> <laughs> well after yeah. 25 years away from the business it's like uh you know we got to get your mugshot again I'm sorry you got to get your mugshot after all these years. yeah yeah well I forget um thank you for asking me I don't think of that yeah 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 but well, now I'll, very I'll, much for your time it's been a pleasure thank I've you been watching you I, I i have seen the movie the spielberg movie but mm -hmm. i've been watching your version of it as well in the last couple okay. of days okay. so i've been enjoying your performance over and over again a few times what do you um, think of spielberg movie I have, are you allowed to say i have mixed feelings about it in that I, I i mean it's beautifully made obviously and the colors and the richness of it and all of that is wonderful performances uh -huh. are great mm -hmm. um i'm not sure that the changes to the structure um support the movie very well as well uh -huh. as the original mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. or for okay. the stage show i've seen i've seen the stage show a number of times yeah and um i love the movie from 61 and um uh you know they, the the most interesting thing really the biggest change is that they've given rita moreno a significant role yes uh, it's not doc it's not just she's doc's ex you know doc's wife yeah that's so a great really idea a, she now yeah. is the person who sings um somewhere so Somewhere. I don't do you remember in because I do remember in the theater version of, of West Side, the one we did in London as well, yeah. uh, in the second act after Riff and Bernardo are dead, they're they're dead at the end of the right. first act. So there's this beautiful somewhere ballet that Jerry did. No right. one has ever been able to replicate it since, but it, it was it, it was so and somewhere was during the somewhere ballet, the song somewhere was sung by a, a female voice in the pit. Right, because it's background music. So maybe they did something. Maybe that uh, was a thought uh, uh, that because uh, that that could be sung yeah. in the movie. I I I, but I heard that she was singing somewhere, and I thought, I wonder if that came somewhat from the way uh, it, the way it was did. used in the theater version. And I think also, didn't Stephen Sondheim say he wasn't thrilled with the idea of? them singing some that that somehow the song wasn't his favorite in the show uh, and that uh -huh. you know it kind of didn't go anywhere but uh -huh. for me the difference between the show and the movie particularly the original movie is that um you need that you need to to me you need to reconnect the um romantic you know the the deep romantic element mm -hmm. for this couple after he's dead uh -huh. um because mm -hmm. otherwise it seems a little crass to just kind of mm -hmm. go on. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, without, you know, Bernardo mattering much to her. 
And I think that's a little bit of a problem here, but okay. okay. There are going to be a lot of people with a lot of feelings. There's also yeah. the other thing is they, yeah. they speak a, a lot of Spanish in the movie without subtitles. Okay. Is, so that's is, going to is be that a big a, conversation. So does, does that does that uh, stop comprehension for the audience? Well, you a lot of it is just you can figure out what they're trying to say yeah. or whatever, uh -huh. but uh -huh. a few moments where uh -huh. it's quite intimate and mm -hmm. you kind of wish they had the subtitles. Okay, okay. Uh, so, yeah. They're they're good and bad. I mean, it's that that score and that music and they do a lot of the Robbins choreography in it. Oh, um, really? homage okay. to it. Um, mm -hmm. so you know, it's it you can't beat it. It's, you know, there's it's one of the most amazing scores ever. It's a beautiful score. Oh, yes. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope you love it. <laughs> I, I think I will. Yeah, it'll be nice to see. It'll be nice to see what Justin Peck does and uh, what really. I mean, I, I'm, I'll look forward to it. Uh, I, I, my friend Larry Mirish is going to have a screening of it at his home, and that's a has a nice big screen, so I don't have to go to a theater. I can see it at Larry's house. Well, yeah. they're actually doing an IMAX screening uh, Monday uh, in town, which is uh -huh. they're in New York and LA. Uh -huh. They're putting it on the IMAX screen at uh, the big one at the Chinese. So I'm not sure well, so, we get to it, but I'd like to see that. Well, it, it should be seen, of course, on a screen like that. That's yeah, yeah that's that's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've seen yeah. it at Fox so far. So. Okay. So th that was fun. I think the, I think the, the Oscar <laughs> yeah. may be sitting in the cabinet there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's going to happen again too. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Thank you again for your time. Much appreciated, and uh, your amazing career and. Yeah. Uh, I guess I have to go find a way to buy silver now. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> are you? You're still in business, right? It's a it's a small business, but yes, I okay. am. Yeah, I'm. I'm I work. I do I'll make something every day, uh, but because I have a, a backlog of things that I already made, so I'm. Uh, I don't. I'm. There's no pressure to keep making new pieces. I can be easy about it. Also, because. Uh, <clears throat> I have a manufacturer in Thailand and I haven't been there for a while because of, you know, traveling. Right. Uh, so little by little, that'll get back. And I, I always love seeing going to the manufacturer there because first of all, they were really good manufacturers, but uh, to get to Thailand was, was really nice. Yeah. It's not so bad to be in Thailand. No. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Take Thank you. Care of it has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.